Welcome to the Bayshore Podcast. As listeners each week, whether through iTunes or through the church app, you're part of our church family. We would love for you to share stories of how Bayshore is impacting your life by sending us an email at amen at bayshorecc.org. As always, you can find all kinds of information and content on our website, bayshorecc.org. There's also our church app, which you could download by going to bayshorecc.org slash app. So thanks again for joining us this week, and we hope that today's message is a blessing to you. We're talking about money today, guys. Everybody say money. Money. Everybody say, I am nervous. nervous. (laughs) Did you hear that? You're not the only one who's nervous in the room, okay? Um, But don't stress. Don't stress. We're going to have fun. All right, turn to the person next to you and say, money's fun. If you got some. (laughs) Turn to the person on the other side of you and say, I need to borrow a dollar. Need to borrow, I don't got none. I need to borrow a dollar. Well, hey, guys, before we get rolling, I want to welcome in our Millsboro campus who's joining us for this entire series. And so, hey to the Monroes, hey to um, Brian Simon and Jeff and Donna Revel, and hey to Tom and June Taylor. And uh, speaking of money, uh, Mr. Tom gave me my very first job for a day when I was a kid, and he goes to our Millsboro campus. I painted for Mr. Tom for one day. I stunk at it, Mr. Tom, and you still paid me. So thank you. For that, and so we love our Millsboro campus family. Also, want to give a shout out to our online family. And today's online shout out goes to Lonnie, who's watching all the way in Holland. And uh, here's a picture of uh, Lonnie. We'll throw on the screen right here. And uh, L- not the dog, guys. Lonnie's here. <laughs> and uh, Lonnie is a personal trainer. And uh, she met Marvin, who comes to our church. She met him in Barcelona. He told her all about us and our basement. And, um, and so she's been part of our church ever since. And so uh, we're so glad that Lonnie's checking us out. And so we're going to give a shout out and get rowdy for our entire church family, all the way in Gumbro and all the way in Holland. All right. So let's give it up for our online church family and our church family in Millsboro. Come on. Woo! I love it. Guys, I'm excited to talk about money today because for the next four weeks, we're going to get super practical. We're going to talk about this. And my goal is to just take some money tips from here and and show you how to maximize your personal economy. Now, whenever we talk about money in church, everybody gets nervous. People start faking trips to the bathroom. (laughs) Ladies start clenching their purse. Men start clenching something else, okay? Like, we all have high blood pressure right now. And so let, let me just start out with a story to help everybody relax, okay? Um, so recently, I had a, a little procedure done. Guys, a, a, a medical procedure. Now, I'm not going to tell you what this medical procedure was for a few reasons. Number one, it would be really awkward for me. Number two, it would be way more awkward for you all. Number three, my mother is watching this from the Millsworth campus right now. So awkward all around. And so we're just going to call this a mysterious procedure. Now, some of you, you're, you're still curious. So, some of you, you already have a theory, all right? And so let me just, I'll just say this, okay? This little procedure that happened to me significantly reduces the chances of more Joel Juniors running around my house, Okay? 
you thought you had something to be nervous about. Anyway, so I go right over here to the BB Surgery Center, and uh, my, my doctor's there, and he says, okay, Mr. Tice, we're going to put you to sleep for this procedure. I was like, oh, thank goodness. And he says, well, well how do you normally respond to anesthesia? And I said, I don't know. It's been like 25 years. But just, just give me the legal limit, doc. Like however much you can give me and not lose your license, like I'll take that much right there. And so no lie, um, you know, that I'm, I'm on the, like the bed and they, they, I'm wearing like a paper gown sheet. And they're like rolling me down the hallway. And I'm just hoping no one's like, oh, hey, Pastor Joel, what are you doing here? I'm getting cut, man. Okay, that's what I'm doing here. So I got an IV in, okay, and, and then, then the nurse, um, she, she says to me, okay, you're about to feel relaxed, Mr. Tice. And I'm like, I never feel relaxed. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm like, I'm floating. Is, is, is this real life right now? Guys, they could have put a lampshade on my head and rolled me down Route 1. I would have been like, hey, this is good. Feels illegal, but it's good. I mean, it's good. I, I was not in control. I was just along for the ride, you guys. And, and so, like, I'm out. I float away into heaven or something, okay? And the next thing I know, all I hear is, welcome back, Mr. Tice. I'm like, well, welcome back. <laughs> no, no, I don't want to. No, I just started floating. I don't want to be welcoming back. And she said, your procedure's all done. I'm like, you didn't even start the procedure. Like, we, just, we just started. I was like, where's my wife? And she said, your wife, is. she's right next to you. And Stacey said, you've asked where I was 10 times since your procedure ended. <laughs> Seriously, apparently under anesthesia, I have some trust issues, you guys. <laughs> but under anesthesia, guys, I lost all control. I was just along for the ride. Now, I know I'm probably not allowed to ask this, but who here, you have experienced this before? And I'm not talking about spring break. I'm talking about like at the hospital. You... Okay. Then you know. You lost complete control, didn't you? It was a long for the ride. And I think with money, we look at money a little bit like us under anesthesia. We think, I'm, I'm just a long for the ride. Like if the economy is good, like I'm good. Like right now, you know, the economy is good, you might say. So my 401k looks like a 601k, but I, I'm happy, you know. But we think, I can't control the economy. I can't control the market. I can't control my credit card interest rate. Shoot, I can barely control myself when I walk in the TV section at BJ's. Man, give me an amen if you know what I'm talking about. Okay. And so the truth is we can't control the economy, but you can control the economy. The economy is your own personal economy. Now I and you and we all have our own personal economy. Some of you are like, I am so fired from that right now. Okay. But hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, okay? I'm going to help so we can get a little bit of control so we're not just along for the ride with our money anymore. Now, uh, like I said, when we talk about money in church, we get a little bit weird. And so let me just give you a little disclaimer to start. Okay, hi, my name is Joel, and I've made a lot of money mistakes. Hi, Joel. There you go. <laughs> Listen, I remember when I was like barely 20-something, making $10 an hour as a busboy, still living at home with mom and dad, Thank you, mom and dad. Okay, that was great. Um, but living home with mom and dad, and I borrowed $100,000 from the bank to go buy a land in Millsboro because my, my thought was I'm going to flip it in two years and I'm going to sell it for $150,000. Do 
Two years went by, and they, the, um, the uh, real estate market went, you guys remember that? Yeah. And so uh, that land was not worth $150,000. Fast forward 13 years to today, I still own that lot because I live on it. And the last lot to sell in my neighborhood did not sell for $150,000. It sold for $40,000. So I named my lot this week Bitcoin. Okay, so I just named it. <laughs> so guys, I have done stupid with zeros on the end. And if you've ever done stupid with zeros on the hand, okay, don't, don't be ashamed. We're in church. Just, everybody just lift your hand. You've done stupid with zeros on your, in, in, in there, okay? Keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. Look around. Millsboro, look, look around. Doesn't that feel good? Doesn't it feel good? Look, we've all done stupid in the you economy. And, and it's stressful. Money is stressful. Did you know that Northwestern Mutual did a survey in 2016, and they found out that 85% of us are stressed out about money? 85%. Do you know what that means? It means the rest of you all are on Prozac or something or anesthesia. <laughs> We're stressed about money. And isn't it true that money stress, it hits our happiness. It hits our health. It hits our marriages. And, and uh, let me show you why. Everybody, when you walked in, you should have got a packet of M&Ms, okay? Should have got a packet of M&Ms, bust those out. Okay, and I want you to, I want you to if you don't have a packet of M&M's, okay, just raise your hand. Um, we have a volunteer who's going to pass out some M&M's to you. I want you to open that up, and I want you to put 10 M&M's in your hand. Just count out 10 M&M's. Put 10 M&M's in your hand. It's good. Millsboro, go ahead. Get 10 in your hand. Get 10 in there. Some, some of you are already eating your M&M's. Okay, no, no. <laughs> No self-control. Um, okay, you got 10? Good grief. It's like, this is taking longer than I thought. Lance is eating M&M's. Right? Look, look, you guys aren't supposed to eat your M&M's yet, okay? Don't worry, I got extras, okay? If you, you ate some M&M's, there you go. There's some M&M's over there. Anybody over here? Let's just throw out some over there. Okay, there's some M&M's for you guys. 10 M&Ms, I want you to put these in your hands because these 10 M&Ms represent your income, the the economy. And I'm going to show you how we eat up our income. Okay, so the first thing I want you to do is pull three out of the 10 and eat three. Eat three. This is good, man, eating M&Ms at church. Because 30% of what we make goes towards the house. And so three out of 10, 30 cents out of every dollar, uh, on average, goes towards the house. All right, this is the mortgage. This is the rent. Is that hot water heater that went up? Three out of 10. Now, I want you to get two more M&Ms out of the economy and eat two more because 20% of our income uh, goes towards, uh, we'll throw this next one up, health. And so this is the doctor's visits because you ate too many M&Ms. The glasses you're wearing, your kids' braces. Hello, people. Kids ain't cheap. So 20 cents out of every dollar goes towards health. Uh, Now eat two more. Because two more goes towards, 20% goes to personal expenses. And so, you know, that's like your outfit. That sweet outfit you're wearing today. That counts. The tanger outlets. 
counts. Um, you know, when, when you like go to the gym, that's personal expenses. You know, if you get hair plugs, which could be in my future. That's personal expenses. So 20% student loans, all that is in there. Now, um, 14% of our income uh, goes towards food. And so you need to eat 1.4 M&M's. <laughs> Good luck with that. Go try to eat 1.4 M&M's because 14% goes to the grocery store. 14% goes to, you know, kids' lunches. It goes to Taco Rijo. I am preaching right now. Millsboro doesn't know about Taco Rijo. That's a shame, okay? Um, it, it, that counts Starbucks. You know, when you all stop by St. Arbucks and give your tithe every morning? 14%. 14% goes to the car. And so that sweet minivan you have upstairs, it has an entire layer of like Cheerio dust on the surface inside. 14%, so you need to eat 1.4 M&Ms again. Okay, so how, how much you got left? How much you have left? Some of you aren't very exact. Okay, you should have just a tiny sliver of one M&M left because 2% is what we have left on average. All right, so you should have like a fifth of an M&M, okay? And you can eat that. And that, that's what we have left to give. That's what we have left to save. That's what we have left to have just a little bit of control over. Now, if that's the best taste and illustration you've ever had in church, just say sweet. Sweet, sweet right there, okay? But look at this, this right here, okay? Guys, that's the economy. No wonder we're stressed. No wonder we have high blood pressure right now. And so what, what, what do we do? Who's thinking some more M&Ms will help, Pastor Joel? <laughs> some more money would help, Pastor Joel. Okay, like that would help bill paying night, not look like fake club night in my house. Who, who would say more M&Ms would help? Who would say that? Okay, but, but isn't it true that most of us are making the most amount of money we've ever made and we still feel stressed about money? We still feel out of control about money? And so today, we're not going to talk about how to get more M&Ms. We're going to talk about how to get wisdom with the M&Ms, the money that we have. Now, I hope you get yourself some more money. I hope you get yourself a raise or whatever. But today is about getting more control over the M&Ms that we already have. Now, speaking of M&Ms, what is stamped on the outside of every M&M? This is not a trick question. M. M. And so I want you to imagine the next time you get yourself some money, you look at that money, and you, have, you look at it, and there's an M&M stamped on it. And that M&M means money manager. Because you and I are the money managers of our M&Ms. And so we got to get some wisdom with these M&Ms. So if you brought your Bible, head on over to Proverbs chapter 3, starting in verse 13. And uh, I'm going to be reading out of one of the Bibles that we give away around here. And so if you don't have a Bible, Millsboro, if you don't have your Bible, um, stop by the information center when you leave today. Just pick one of these up off the desk. These are totally free. I'll get the, we'll get those in your hands. But in the meantime, we'll throw it on the, here's a giant digital Bible. Just check that out. And this is what Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13, it says. It says, joyful is the person who finds wisdom. Who, who would like a little more joy in your life? You'd like a little more joy in your life? Okay, yeah, some of you are like, I'd have more joy if I could just get myself a jet ski. <laughs> and Proverbs is like, no, you'll you have more joy if you get yourself some wisdom. Because joyful is the person who finds wisdom, the one who gains understanding. For wisdom is more profitable than silver, and her wages are better than what? Gold. Now, I'm going to say something that's a little, little crazy. Are you, you ready for this? 
Millsboro, are you ready for this? Okay, we'll throw this on the screen. Money will give you a happy moment. I have never seen a sad person on a jet ski. <laughs> Money will give you a happy moment, but wisdom will give you joy for a lifetime. Money will give you a happy moment, but wisdom will give you joy for a lifetime. Guys, step one is wisdom with what you already have. Now, if you have wisdom, you can get yourself some more money. You can invest what you have and earn some money. But the way that we become good money managers, good with our M&Ms, is through wisdom. And so the first thing that we need to remember is, and we'll throw this on screen, is we got to invest in wisdom. Invest in wisdom. Now, what, what's wisdom? Okay, we'll throw the, the definition of wisdom up on the screen. Wisdom is living out God's advice and not repeating past mistakes. Living out God's advice and not repeating past mistakes. Wisdom is that little voice inside of you that says, you remember when you did it last time? Watch out. That's what wisdom is, okay? And, and isn't it true that the best wisdom is normally really, really basic and simple? Really, really basic. It made me think about these, um, these kids' math homework that I saw on the internet this week. And uh, they just kind of gave some basic answers, and there was a little bit of wisdom in this, and I thought it was funny. So let's, let's check out this first one. So Hope here has to name the quadrilateral. So my brain already hurts, okay? So she names this one Bob. Here's Sam over here. <laughs> my personal favorite is Harry right there. That's, the, that's a good one right there. <laughs> Oh, but it's so basic, but it's a great answer. Um, here, here's another one. We'll throw on the screen. Okay, find the difference between eight and six. Eight is all curly. Six is not. <laughs> that kid needs an A. Can we agree? Give that kid an A. Like, that's amazing. Okay, here's, here's one more. Uh, my personal favorite. What ended in 1896? 1895. <laughs> These kids, they're going somewhere. It's not college, but it is somewhere, okay? Like, but I love those answers. And, and, and listen, the, the, when it comes to the Bible, okay, the Bible's wisdom is a little bit like that. Okay, you read it and you're like, really? Like, that's it? That, like, that's it? That, that seems really, really basic. But the stuff that we're going to talk about today, okay, it's not complicated, you're not going to need a CPA to like break this stuff down for you because isn't it true the best wisdom is knowing really, really basic? It's true. And so like nobody's going to walk out of here today and be like, oh my goodness, that was, all, that was brand new stuff. And you know, he gave away M&M's. Like, Pastor Joe, he's brilliant. Yeah, no one ever says that, okay? So you're not going to say that today, okay? But the Bible's wisdom on money is really basic. And so here's, here's our first one. Wisdom says don't get rich quick. Wisdom says don't get rich quick. So in our house, Sunday night tonight is pay night with my kids. Every Sunday night, I sit my kids down and I talk to them about money. Now, my kids are three and five years old. And so things go off the rails 100% of the time. Every, every time. I remember the very first time I was do, doing the money talk with them on a Sunday night. I, I was all excited. I thought that I was like Steve Jobs or something. And my kids were going to look at me with like eyes wide as saucers, like sitting on the edge of their seat, like, Daddy, we can learn so much from you. What do you have for us today? No, not at all. I'm in the middle of this giving or money talk with my kids. I'm giving them my best illustrations. I've gotten these jars that I have literally painted save and spend and give on. This, these are in front of them. I'm right in the middle of it. And right in the middle of it, my, my daughter, Nora, my five-year-old, she says, Daddy, how do we know that Eli, our dog, is a boy? 
I'm like, how did we even, how did your mind go there? Like, I don't even understand. My, my very favorite part of our first pay night with the kids, no, no lie, okay, I'm talking to them about this, and I'm like, Nixon, how do we earn money? Like, what do we do to get money? And Nixon, my three-year-old, he gets, he gets really serious, and he says, Daddy, we get money when we steal it. <laughs> He's not wrong. I mean, it's, uh, but I was like, Nixon, you say that and base your kids, I'm going to lose my job. That's what will happen with me. I'll lose my job. I was like, no, 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 Nixon. The way, his very first thought of how you get money as a three-year-old is you get it quick. You just steal it. And I'm like, no, 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 Nixon, okay, we work hard. We earn money. If you steal it, you're going to go to the clink. It's jail time, man. You just, that's what happens when you steal money. Um, but I know none of, nobody in the room, you're not free, but we all want to get rich quick. That's why sometimes you invest in the lottery. And, and in like pyramid schemes and in Bitcoin and like investments where it's like you will double your money in 90 days. And if all this kind of sounds like a conference you went to last weekend, get out while you still can, okay? Well, let me show you what Proverbs 13, 11 says. It says wealth from get rich quick schemes. What happens when you try to get rich quick? Quickly disappears. Everybody say, you is broke. Wealth from get-rich-quick schemes quickly disappears, but wealth from hard work grows over time. It grows over time. Okay, so the point is, if we're not good money managers, you might get rich quick, but you'll lose it really quick as well. And so wisdom says the way you build wealth is you have to work hard and leave it there for a long time. That's how we get rich um, over time. So wealth is cooked in a crock pot, not in a microwave, you guys. You know what the great theologian Warren Buffett says? <laughs> he says the best way to, to, to gain wealth is to take your hard-earned money and invest it in like a boring mutual fund that basically just tracks the market and just leave it there for a really, really long time. Now, you won't double your money in 90 days, but historically you'll double your money every 7.2 years. And you don't have to go to prison, which sounds good, right? <laughs> and, and so you might be saying, okay, well, Joel, how, if you can't get rich quick, how do you build wealth in, in the economy? And that's a great question. Uh, thank you for asking that. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> here's how, and, and we'll put this on the screen. Here, here's the three ingredients you need to put in the money crock pot. Okay, here it is. Hard work plus boring investments plus time equals more M&Ms. Hard work plus boring investments plus time equals more M&Ms. It's basic because it's wisdom. And it's not wisdom from Warren Buffett. He stole it from Proverbs. And so don't get rich quick because wealth is built slow. Here's the second thing that wisdom says. Wisdom says debt isn't your friend. Debt isn't your friend. Do you, do you feel that? Bo, do you feel that? Millsburg, can you feel it? It just got tense in the room. Everybody's blood pressure just went up. Your Visa card just had a heart attack in your pocket. Well, let me start out and, and say this, okay? Debt is not a sin. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that debt is a sin. But it's not your friend either. In, in fact, um, do you know that the Bible talks about money over 800 times? Everybody say, that's a lot. Over 800 times. And out of those 800 times, not one of them talks about debt in a good way. 
Out of 800 verses, not one of them talks about debt in a good way. I know, I thought about the airline miles as well, okay? But just say this with me. Debt isn't a sin, but it's not my friend either. Now, why isn't it our friend? I mean, the commercials make it seem pretty friendly, right? Well, let me, let me show you why. Look at Proverbs chapter 22, verse 7. And it says this. It says, the rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is what? Slave to the lender. Okay, so um, if you've ever had debt kind of like steal your freedom a little bit, just, just give me a little pinky, just a little pinky, a little pinky. Wow, oh, wow, okay, lots of pinkies. Um, so when, uh, I remember when Stacy and I went to sign the paperwork, the loan paperwork for our very first house. Okay, I'm like 25, Stacy's 22, we walk into this loan office, okay, we're happy, we're smiling, we're in love, and we sit down at this table, and we sit down at this table, all of a sudden, they pop this down. Did, did this happen to you guys as well? I'm like, what is this, the Webster Dictionary? Like, what's happening right now? And they're like, oh, no, no, this is just your loan paperwork. Now, Stacy and I, we were about to get married in a week when we were signing this paperwork. Now, I didn't want her to think that I didn't know what I was doing. And so when they said to us, they said, um, Mr. Tice, do you understand what you're signing today? I was like, absolutely, I do. <laughs> yep. I get this. Um, and I was like, where, where do I sign? And they're like, well, you just need to sign these 457 pages. I'm like, okay. And they gave me a pen. And so I started signing all these pages and signing all these pages. And, and like my hand was hurting. And finally I got to the end and I signed all the pages. And at the end, I'll never forget. They, they said, um, and, and you can keep the pen. <laughs> we like to throw in the pen with our deals <laughs> Okay, um, and so, um, but there was one piece of paper in the stack that gave me nightmares. It was a piece of paper that told you the total amount that you would pay over the life of the loan. Do you guys remember this piece of paper? Oh, yeah, it's like a Stephen King horror movie, you guys, okay? <laughs> Listen, we were borrowing $240,000 at five and a quarter percent, which was good back then. And it didn't say $240,000 on the piece of paper. It said that we were going to pay 477 thousand dollars over 30 years i was like i'm gonna need some more pens <laughs> and i walked out of there and i was like i didn't just get a house that house just got me and and debt costs us a lot right like in, the, in that situation the interest alone almost cost me as much as what i was borrowing <laughs> and on credit cards we don't borrow at five and a quarter percent we borrow on at 16 percent on average and on average, we have $15,000 in credit card debt, $28,000 in car loans, $47,000 in student loans. And we don't feel free. We feel strapped. Why? Because the borrower is slave to the lender. And if you like go to a car lot, you know, and there's a car salesperson talk to you, there's nothing wrong with car salespeople. But you know what a good one will say to you? They'll say, oh, you look good in that car. You need to get yourself in that car. And you're thinking, yes, I do. But Proverbs is like, no, you're not getting a car today. That car just got you today, right? That's what Proverbs is telling us. And so next week, I'm going to show you how to attack debt. It's going to be really simple. You'll be able to like do it on one piece of paper, okay? You're not going to need an entire ream of paper to like figure all this out. But it'll be like really practical. We'll do that next weekend. But in the meantime, guys, it is so normal to think like, you know, credit card debt? 
And car debt, yeah, I have, I have that. Like, I, I got debt on my lawnmower. <laughs> and, and that's like completely normal, okay? And we, always, we say, you know, that's just part of the economy. That's just part. I'm just along for the ride on my lawnmower. I'm just along for the ride. Now, it, it kind of reminds me of this joke I heard this week. It's about this guy, and he works on a construction job site. And every day, you know, he would come to the construction job site, and he'd have his brown paper bag lunch. And every day in that brown paper bag, he'd have like a dumb bologna sandwich. And every day, like at lunchtime, he'd like pull out his dumb bologna sandwich, and he would be like, oh, man, I, I hate bologna. Bologna again. And he'd sit there with his bologna sandwich. All his coworkers would be like, uh-huh, yeah, we all hate bologna, you know. And, um, and so one day he's sitting there and he pulls out his brown paper bag for lunch again. He pulls out his bologna sandwich again. He's like, are you serious? A bologna sandwich again? And one of the, his coworkers was like, man, why don't you just ask your wife to pack you something other than a bologna sandwich? And the guy looked back at him and said, hey, you leave my wife out of this. I make my own lunch. <laughs> Some of you will get that on the ride home. Anyway... But when it comes to our money, when it comes to our credit card debt and our debt, look, we make our own lunch. Like, we are the money managers. We are the M&Ms with, with all the, the money that we have. And so sometimes that means we need to say, listen, if I can't bust out an Uncle Benjamin and just pay for that vacation or pay for that nice car with the, you know, the butt warmers, or pay for that apple, whatever, then I'm just going to wait until I can like, bust out Uncle Benjamin and, and, and pay for it. Now, did you know that when you use cash instead of swiping a card, that you spend 12 to 18% less on average? 12 to 18% less. Now, do you want to know why? Because when you put Uncle Benjamin on the table to pay, it hurts to go, here you go. And a lot of times, okay, they don't bring, give you Uncle Benjamin back. They trade you and they give you Uncle George back. <laughs> it's a bad exchange, you guys. <laughs> but when you use cash, you spend 12 to 18% less. Now, let's be honest. Using cash is really inconvenient. I know this because Stacey and I, we do not have a credit card. We cut off our credit card like nine years ago. And for some of our budgets to this day, we still use cash. And so like every Saturday, I still go to the ATM at our bank and I like drive up there and I'm like getting all this cash out. And um, it takes forever. And so like cars start lining up behind me. They're getting impatient, so they like start beeping their horn, revving their engine, and I'm just like, just getting cash, man. <laughs> Dave Ramsey, bro. You know, like, I'm the weird person at Chipotle who tries to pay with cash. You know, you give them cash at Chipotle, and they're like, I'm, I'm going to need to get my manager. And the manager's like, you know, what, what did he say? He says it's cash. We don't know. Like, <laughs> and, you know, people's guacamole is getting brown. I'm just like, Dave Ramsey, man. Um, but, but when you spend cash instead of swiping a card, you spend 12 to 18% less. And so when you wait until you can actually pay for it, if you do that, you just got a 12 to 18% raise. Just fist bump somebody and say, I just got a raise in church. It's good. You got to raise in church. Now listen, I, I have an MBA. I have a master's in business, and they never taught us this stuff in, in any of those classes. 
Shouldn't we be teaching our kids this stuff in school? We should be teaching them this stuff. And wisdom, it's basic, but it says, hey, debt isn't your friend, and don't try to get rich quick. And then the last thing is this. Wisdom says you can't outgive God. You can't outgive God. Now, um, I was thinking about my wife, Stacy, this week. And uh, guys, I married up, like, like way up. All right, I remember when like Stacy and I, we, we started dating. You know, the butterflies were flying. And uh, when Stacy and I were dating, she didn't cost me very much. She, like, we would go to the Millsburg Diner for our date, man. It was cheap. And, and like sometimes she would pay. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> and eventually, you know, like we, we fell in love. And I was thinking about asking Stacy to marry me. And I remember, you know, I, I would ask like my brother and my mom and dad and my friends. I'm like, okay, what do you think about me asking Stacy to marry me? And they all basically gave me the same answer. They're all just like, Joel, you're, you're never going to do better than that. It was so, like, matter of fact. Like, you, like that's as good as it's going to get for you. So you need to lock this down, okay, like, <laughs> right now. Um, like, thanks, um, Dad. Um, so I remember we went to Robin's Diamonds up in Christiana to pick out an engagement ring. And uh, Stacy picked out a, a great ring. And they don't have the prices on any of them. And so I was like, okay, ma'am, how, how much is the one she, she picked out? And the, the lady said, uh, why don't you take a seat? <laughs> Didn't sound good. And so then they started looking at diamonds to pick out for the ring. And the lady said, oh, you have, a, you have good taste. You know, your wife has, or your future wife, she has good taste. Um, that one costs $3,000. I was like, for the, for the ring? And she's like, oh, no, no, that's just for the diamond. You got to buy the ring separate. I'm like, you all buy, you sell these things separate? <laughs> we are not at the Millsworth Diner anymore, okay? And I remember, like, we, we said our vows. You know, we're on the stage. Dad, my dad officiated the wedding. And, um, you know, we, we said for, for um, better or worse, for richer or poor, they should really explain that line a little bit better. You know what I mean? The poor line. And I learned when, when, when you get married, okay, you know, you, you give them your heart, but they also get your money. And it's okay, okay, I love Stacy, but love, it, it ain't cheap. Kids, the, kids, they are not cheap. Come on, parents, kids are not cheap. <laughs> Let me show you my favorite picture of my kids, okay? Each, each of them. This is my favorite picture of my kids right there. Isn't that the best, both those pictures? And, and when I look at this, I, I think how cute they are. But every once in a while, this isn't what I see. This is what I see when I look at this picture. <laughs> They're not cheap. Pay night is tonight in my house. It is not cheap. And when you love something, it's not cheap. And you know what? When we love God... He, he gets our heart, but he also gets our money. He also gets our money. One of the things that I believe is that it is all God's. God owns it all. All the money that I have, it is, it is all his. And so when I save, when I give, when I spend, it is all his. And if you're a Jesus follower, okay, uh, we, don't, we don't tithe because we think that God needs our money. We tithe because we know that God wants our heart. And the reason that tithing is huge is because it reminds us that it is, it is all his. And we, we just give a little bit of what we have back to him. We remember that. And the reason I say that you can't outgive God is because of what Malachi 3.10 says. And so we'll throw this on the screen. And Malachi 3.10 says this. It says, bring the whole tithe, which means 10% of what you make, into the storehouse, which is the local church, that there may be food in my house, in my church. 
Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. In other words, God's like, okay, listen, when you're a wise money manager and, and you take one of your little tiny M&Ms and you put it into my jar, when you do that, okay, I am going to pour open the floodgates on you. I am going to bless you so much that you cannot contain it. Test me in this. Now, now here's the thing. It might start out as a little, little trickle. Then it might turn out, turn into a little, little stream. And then it's going to turn into a river until you can't contain it anymore. And God's like, hey, just when you think it's done, I'm going to keep on going. <laughs> Test me in this. And listen, you, you remember, when we tie, when we're good money managers, that's what releases the floodgates of God's blessing. You remember when Jesus famously said, if you're faithful, if you're wise with just a little bit, I'll, I'll bless you so much more. You remember when Jesus said that? In other words, Jesus is like, if you just show me that you can make it on 90% because you gave like one little thing to me, I'm going to look at you and be like, oh, this one, this one can make it on 90%. This is a boss money manager right here. You can trust this one. Guys, pour out the floodgates on him. Bless this one right here. Because you can't outgive God. You can't outgive God. I, I remember when Stacy and I were almost um, 25, uh, I was almost 25, and, and, and like we were broke. Our, our, um, our mortgage was almost 60% of our take home pay. We didn't have any money. Well, the most important thing that we did during that period was tithe. And, and like I said, we didn't have any money. Stacy drove a Hyundai Elantra that had a loose belt and it smoked. And we couldn't fix it, okay? We didn't have any money to fix it. I remember every morning she would have to go to work before me. And the, re the way I would wake up is I would hear her start the, the car in the garage. And I would hear, Ee! And I would get out of bed and I would look out the window and I would just see the smoke trail leaving the neighborhood. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's okay. It's just Stacy. She's, she's going to work. <laughs> but we tithe the entire time. And now, uh, fast forward today, we have a financial accountability group. And uh, recently, I opened up, uh, Stacey and I opened up our, our books to our financial accountability group. They saw how much we make, what we've saved, what we have in retirement, what we paid off. They saw the whole thing. And twice, one of the couples pulled us aside and said, this doesn't make any sense. Like these numbers and what you've been able to do and pay off since, you know, with, with your income, because we know your income now, like these numbers don't make sense. And Stacey and I, neither one of us were like, Dave Ramsey, bro. We, we both said, we know. God did it. Because you can't outgive God. And you might say, well, Joel, I, I can't afford to tithe. And I get that. Believe me. Smoking Hyundai Elantra. I know. But I believe that you can't afford not to tithe. I believe that. And because tithing reminds us that it's all his. And it forces us to be wise money managers with the little bit that we have. And then God blesses that. And if you say, well, I can't give 10%. Just pick a percentage and start there because you can't outgive God. And here's what wisdom says. Let's put this all together. Wisdom says you can't outgive God. It says that debt isn't your friend. And it says don't try to get rich quick. That's wisdom. And it's, it's not wisdom from me. It's not wisdom from Dave Ramsey or Warren Buffett or Susie Orman or Oprah, for goodness sakes. It's wisdom from your creator. We're just the money managers with M&Ms in our hands. 
And so you, you can either let it take you for a ride and be out of control, or you can get control of it, and God will open up the floodgates on you. He says, test me in this. It's up to you. The M&Ms are in, are in your hands. Let me pray for you guys. Jesus, I'm so thankful that you get so practical in Proverbs and in Malachi and Jesus, your words where you just say, if you're, you're faithful a little bit, I'll trust you with more, God. You're so practical in your word. And over 800 times when you talk about money, you taught us so much and it's wisdom, it's basic wisdom that a lot of times we think, well, we need more complexity or we need something other than that. But God, I just pray that we'll, we'll take those words today and we'll start thinking about our personal financial situation. And we'll take that into consideration because a lot of times we have stress and we feel like we're just along for the ride. And God, I, I pray that we'll look at that and say, maybe, maybe a different plan is better. Maybe your words from thousands of years ago still apply today. And so God, I just pray that you'll help us to be wise money managers. And God, I'm so thankful for, for how I've seen how you bless others. Sometimes it's financially, sometimes it's something completely different than financially. But God, you've blessed when we are wise money managers and we give back to you. And so, God, I'm just so thankful for the people in this room who have taken that seriously, and I pray for those who don't, that you'll just give them the strength they need to begin that. In your name, amen.